0: Diabetes and mental health is not a destination. You're never gonna arrive there and say, I am completely emotionally healthy with type one diabetes and I am done. It is something that requires ongoing work and ongoing effort. And I promise you that if you engage in the ongoing work and ongoing effort, you're gonna be successful and diabetes will become so much less of a big deal in your life, I promise you that. But you have to put in the work. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type one diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. As 2021 comes to a close, I want to take some time and reflect on my biggest learnings about diabetes and mental health from this year. Yes, I'm a diabetes psychologist, but I learn something new and get new insights about diabetes and mental health every day from my patients, from my listeners, and from myself. And so I took some time to reflect on what I learned about diabetes mental health over the past year, and I want to share those learnings with you today, because I hope that you can take something away from these learnings and use them in your life. Learning number one, diabetes does not exist in a silo. Oftentimes we think about our mental health with diabetes and our mental health in the outside world as being completely separate. We think about diabetes burnout as being only about diabetes. We think about fear of lows as being only about fear of lows. And we think to ourselves, if only diabetes wasn't in our lives, that things would be so much better. And to some degree, I think that's true. Diabetes does put a lot of stress on our lives. and makes them a whole lot more complicated than they would be if we didn't live with diabetes. But at the same time, the things that are happening in our lives impact our diabetes management, and they impact our mental health with type 1 diabetes, and we can't discount that. Every time I see a new patient, I tell them, diabetes doesn't live in a silo. And while our work together generally focuses on their challenges with type 1 diabetes, I'm going to ask them about their job. I'm going to ask them about their family. I'm going to ask them and encourage them to talk about other stresses that are going on in their lives because those things matter as well. And those things matter separately, but they also matter in the context of their diabetes. We have to recognize this because without it, we can say, well, my diabetes, my blood sugars are in good shape, but I'm still struggling. And there are lots of reasons why you may be still struggling. Or you may say, I'm struggling with my relationship with my husband, and that's impacting my blood sugars. Well, of course it is. Diabetes is impacted by all the things going on in your life. Diabetes and mental health is a core foundation of the work that I do and how I serve my patients and my listeners. But at the same time, I have to recognize the fact that diabetes is part of the context of your life and not the only thing going on in your life. And to learn how to navigate the stress of diabetes, as well as the stress that's going on in other parts of your life, is equally important. And maybe even more important is the importance of learning how to navigate the stress of diabetes and the stress of life at the same time. They intertwine all the time, and we can't pay attention to one without the other. That's why it's so important that as you're seeking mental health care, whether it's through a diabetes-specific therapist or through a therapist in the community, that the context of diabetes is brought into therapy. You cannot pay attention to the stresses you are having in your life without paying attention to diabetes, just like you can't pay attention to diabetes and mental health without paying attention to the stresses in your life. And doing that would be a disservice. So as I move into 2022, I want to make the commitment to making sure to continue to recognize that diabetes does not exist in a silo. And in order to effectively help you manage the stress of diabetes, we have to pay attention to the other stresses that are happening in your life. Without it, we're doing you no favors. John is a perfect example of this. John's someone I've been seeing for a while and John has trouble managing boundaries with himself and type one diabetes. He doesn't know where to draw the line, allow his blood sugars and allow his food intake to really, to, to be more flexible. But at the same time, John also has trouble recognizing where appropriate boundaries exist in other parts of his life. And this is true for John and his girlfriend, for John with his mother, and also John with his boss the challenges that John has with boundaries in his life and seeing where he's able to put his foot down and where he's able to have some separation with between himself and other people, as well as where he's able to have some separation between him and his diabetes, the similarities there are really striking. And without paying attention to how boundary issues impact John in all areas of his life, not just diabetes, we're not able to help him. So as part of our way of helping John, We focus on boundaries with diabetes, but also practicing boundaries in other areas of his life. And guess what happens? By paying attention to other challenges that he's having, they really have a big impact on his diabetes and mental health. By learning to set boundaries with his girlfriend and with his boss, he's also been able to set boundaries with himself around his diabetes and really improved his blood sugars as well as his quality of life. He's found that by doing this, he's become so much more free and flexible in his life with type 1 diabetes because of the boundaries he's been able to set in other areas of his life. Now, if we only pay attention to his diabetes, I would be challenged to have him push himself into diabetes management and be willing to have more variable blood sugars because his issue doesn't live in a silo. John really needs the context of his entire life brought into the context of diabetes to really help him. So as you're moving into 2022, remember that the challenges you're having with diabetes may be specific to diabetes, but they're certainly influenced by other areas of your life. And by only focusing on the diabetes-related challenges that you're having, you may have a lot more trouble in moving forward and being able to become more free and flexible in your life with type 1 diabetes without addressing those other issues as well. My second biggest takeaway from 2021 is the quality of life matters. I can't tell you how many folks who have come to see me, who tell me that they really believe they have to make a choice between managing their blood sugars and enjoying their life. They see it as being completely an either-or choice. They can either have good diabetes management and have a time and range above seventy percent, or they can do things in their life that they want to do, and that choice is an impossible one. To say, I have to choose between my health and my enjoyment of life, that's overwhelming. And of course, if you feel that way, you're going to feel overwhelmed, burnt out, anxious, and all kinds of other challenging emotions. The reality is, if we are honest with ourselves, there's a balance between diabetes management and quality of life. And in my opinion, quality of life is equally as important as diabetes management. The secret is, if you're able to improve your quality of life, your diabetes management probably becomes a whole lot easier, and your blood sugars will improve. But we have to be able to focus on both of those things, and not all one or not all the other. Also, if you only focus on your quality of life and don't focus on your blood sugars, your quality of life is going to hurt as well. Uh, Of course, your blood sugars will be high, and you just won't feel well, which is going to impact your quality of life but we have to pay attention to both. We have to pay attention to both these things equally because what's the point of being healthy if life is no fun? What's the point of putting in all this hard work if you don't get to reap the benefits? We've been trained in our minds that your A1C and now your time and range is the most important thing. And don't get me wrong, it is important, but it's not the only thing. Your quality of life matters. And you have to be able to enjoy life, enjoy food, enjoy exercise, enjoy activities, even if that means not having perfect blood sugars all the time or allowing your blood sugars to be more variable than you really want them to be. That requires what I call distress tolerance, being able to tolerate the fact that your blood sugars aren't always going to be in range. And not from a point of view of how you feel physically, but how you feel emotionally when you see those numbers that are a little bit more variable than you want to. Of course, you want to make sure that your blood sugars are in range because you want to feel the best that you can physically. If you don't feel well physically, that is going to impact your quality of life. But we also want to allow you the flexibility to have variable blood sugars, to be able to enjoy the cake or the French fries or whatever it is you want to eat. In the service of your quality of life, because that's going to increase your enjoyment of life, that's going to increase your fulfillment in life, and it's probably also going to have an impact on your diabetes management. So in 2022, I want to challenge you to focus both on your quality of life as well as your blood sugars and see how when you focus on your quality of life and you give yourself permission to do that, that not only will your quality of life improve, but more likely than not, your blood sugars will improve as well because you won't be so stressed about it. You won't be so focused on it. And that in and of itself is gonna help your quality of life. My third learning from 2021 is the importance of taking small steps every single day to meet your goals. And this is to meet your diabetes management goals, but also to meet your goals in general. For those of you who don't know, in 2021, I wrote a book. The book will be out in early 2022 And the book is called Diabetes Sucks and You Can Handle It. And I'm really excited to be able to share this with you in the new year. And I'll be having a couple podcast episodes giving you a preview of the book uh, coming up in January. But the reason I'm telling you this is both to get you excited about the book, but also to tell you the process of writing the book and what I learned about myself and my diabetes management in the process of writing the book. Now, the book is about 45,000 words, and to give you some context, it's about 200 pages when it comes out. It's a lot of work. I started writing the book in early June, and I finished the first draft in early September. So over the course of three months, I wrote about 200 pages. And the way I did it was I wrote every single day. But I wrote for small amounts of time, an hour, half an hour. And every day, I made an effort to write more. And no matter how slow I thought I was going, I was making progress towards my goal. I took small steps every single day to get there. And eventually, and actually before I realized it, I was done. Now, sure, I had a lot of editing still to do. But at the end of the day, those small daily steps got me to the end of that book. The same thing is true for you and your diabetes management. You may feel overwhelmed with everything you have to do. Your doctor may tell you they want you to get your time in range up from 60% to 75%. And that may feel overwhelming. But what is one small step you can do today to get yourself there, to get yourself started on that journey? Can you choose to have iced tea rather than a regular soda for lunch? Can you choose to fast? Uh, for the first couple hours of the day to allow your blood sugars to remain stable. It's those small steps that you take every day in your diabetes management that really have the biggest impact. But just as important as impact, they also give you a sense that you can do it. Trust me, I with my book, I've been trying to write this book for 3 or 4 years. And I say, well, I'll get to it when I can. I'll I'll, I'll take a couple hours here and then a couple hours in a couple weeks. And guess what happened? It never got done. And that left me feeling discouraged. The same thing is true for diabetes. Right? If you say I want to get from 60% time in range to 75% time in range and you have a haphazard plan that you don't execute on every day with small steps, You'll never get there. There's always tomorrow, and tomorrow will never come. But if you start today with one small step and maintain that small step, no matter how small, eventually you will get to where you want to be. I promise you. But you have to start now, and you have to start small. So please take that lesson that I learned from my book, which in the beginning felt overwhelming, and break it down into one thing you can do today and commit to doing that one thing today. And then tomorrow, take another step, and another step, and another step. And check back with me in a month. I promise you, if you take a small step every day, you will be closer to your goal than if you didn't take any steps at all. Give it a try, and I promise you it'll make you feel more confident in yourself and less overwhelmed. My fourth biggest takeaway from 2021 is that there is more to mental health and type one diabetes than therapy. And that we really need to think beyond therapy as we think about mental health support for people with type 1 diabetes. Now, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you already understand that because I hope that this podcast is giving you some support. But there are so many other ways that we can offer mental health support to people with type 1 diabetes. So I have sort of worked under a hypothesis that if there are 100 people with type 1 diabetes, there are probably two or three of them who really need to see me or one of my colleagues one-on-one, whether in-person or virtual. And for those people who are dealing with really challenging issues that really require personalized care, that is really important. But the other 97 people with type 1 diabetes need something. And that something is not necessarily me, or that something is not necessarily therapy. Certainly they may benefit from therapy, but that's not exactly what they need. They need other types of support. And so I have learned, and the Center for Diabetes and Mental Health has grown to a point where we're able to offer a variety of resources to people with type 1 diabetes, all from a podcast to therapy and everything in between. And as you're thinking about your mental health and type 1 diabetes, I want to challenge you to think about what sort of support do you really need? Maybe that answer is therapy. Maybe that answer is is listening to this podcast every week or binge listening whenever you have a specific challenge you want to deal with. Maybe it's scrolling Instagram and seeing that you're not alone in your challenges. Maybe it's reading a blog post. Maybe it's going on a hike with other people with type 1 diabetes. There are so many ways that we can support people with type 1 diabetes and their mental health. that don't have to include a mental health professional. Certainly, there's a time and place for a mental health professional to be part of your care, but I want you to think about it more broadly. The very real challenge, aside from the fact that there are so many other resources available, is that there are not enough diabetes-familiar mental health professionals. And so to be able to offer other types of services that are scalable and helpful for people, I think is a huge benefit to our community. So as you're thinking about your mental health moving forward, I want you to remember there are so many ways you can get support for your type 1 diabetes that don't have to include therapy. And I want you to continue to push forward and continue to access those resources. And then, of course, if therapy is what you need, please be in touch. And we'll make sure that we're able to connect you with the best resources possible. But in the meantime, please continue to take advantage of the other resources that we have available, whether it's our podcast or our blog or our digital programs. They're all going to be helpful for you in your diabetes and mental health. And my fifth and final learning from 2021 is this stuff takes practice. And I've learned that in my own life as well as in the lives of my patients over the past year. Diabetes and mental health is not a destination. You're never going to arrive there and say, I am completely emotionally healthy with type 1 diabetes and I am done. It is something that requires ongoing work and ongoing effort. And I promise you that if you engage in the ongoing work and ongoing effort, you're going to be successful and diabetes will become so much less of a big deal in your life. I promise you that. But you have to put in the work. And I've realized that recently for myself. I've realized, you know, over the past couple months, that my blood sugars have been rising steadily, and my, my my level of burnout and my level of care about my diabetes management has had a big impact. And certainly, it was kind of a big wake up call for me that I have to practice where I preach. I have to really use the tools and techniques that I use with my patients, and on this podcast, in all the ways that I serve the community for myself. I've learned that, you know, it takes practice. It takes intention. And that by practicing, you really kind of get into the weeds about the challenges that you have and are able to make some progress there. But ignoring it or not practicing it seems like it may be an easier option, but it never is. So I would encourage you as 2022 approaches to think about the practice that you need to do. What are the biggest challenges with diabetes that you're facing right now? Whether it's burnout or anxiety or apathy or other challenges that I may not be talking about right now. And think about what practice you need to put in place. For me, the practice I'm gonna be putting into place is mindfulness and intention and also self-restraint. I'm gonna make sure that I am mindful about how I am feeling about diabetes on a daily basis. I'm gonna make sure that my urge to avoid diabetes and when I'm feeling overwhelmed or frustrated by it doesn't get in the way of managing my diabetes well. I'm also going to make sure that my diabetes doesn't get in the way of my behavior. And I'm going to practice that. I'm going to practice leading with action and making sure that I'm able to do what I want in my life with type 1 diabetes without letting the stress of it get in the way. It takes practice. It takes intention. And it takes work. But that practice and that work will pay off immensely in your quality of life. And remember, as I said before, quality of life with type 1 diabetes is really important. And the way to increase your quality of life is to practice the mental health strategies and tools and techniques that I teach and that you learn from other people in your life with type 1 diabetes. That's really the only way you're going to get to where you want to be. Put in the work. I know putting the work sounds challenging and sounds like it's something you don't want to do, but trust me, when you put in the work and lean into diabetes and lean into your mental health, things get a whole lot easier. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If this was helpful to you, I'd appreciate it if you do me a big favor and send this episode to a friend who has type 1 diabetes. Send the link in an email or a text and let them know that they may want to listen to this episode because they may get a lot out of it. That's one way you can help me spread the word about this podcast and really serve the diabetes community. Of course, I always love hearing from my listeners, so please send me an email to mark at the psychologist.com or DM me on Instagram and tell me what have been your biggest learnings in 2021 about diabetes mental health, and what do you want me to share with my listeners in the new year? And of course, be sure to tune next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman and tune in next time for the latest episode of The Diabetes Psychologist Podcast.